you with my series, and it is Faith Matters. Faith Matters. And that is series number 15. And I'm going to read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had encircled for seven days. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We stand in awe before you, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, I thank you for what you have done on the cross for us. You have forgiven our sin. You paid our debts. Oh Lord, I thank you. I would be undone, oh Lord, if it wasn't for you. And what I'm speaking this morning, Lord, I only can say and preach what you have given me, I pray, Lord, that you might give grace to speak your word. I pray, give grace to listen to your word. And also, I pray, give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Now we know, after a long wandering through the wilderness, actually what we see here, the first thing Israel had to overcome was a city, and this city was called Jericho. And God promised that he will bless him when they go into uh, the land of promise, that they had to fight, and God was with them. And that's a great thing. If you have got a so-called Jericho in your life, I don't know, perhaps everybody sometimes in life is facing a kind of Jericho. And what we read about the city, the city was high with high walls and thick walls. It was almost insurmountable for Israel to break into that city. But God said to Joshua, I have given you this city into your hand. Hallelujah. When we walk by faith, we don't have to fight. The Lord is fighting for us. Who brought actually these walls down? Who was it? Joshua? No. He was just marching. He did just what God said. And I tell you what, if you and I, if we do what God says in his word, all these insurmountable walls and hindrances in your life will be overcome and will fall down. Hallelujah. And as I studied this, I said, Lord, let me understand what it actually is. And it's important. Now, after they have approached that place there, there were either two methods to overcome. Either to uh, throw the city down. They could have built a rock throwing machine. You know, the old, the old people were not stupid. Catapulted, you know. They were able, big rocks, 
to through the airs with a uh, rock throwing machine. And somehow, and in some way, it will give. That's what they could have done. But the Lord spoke to Joshua something different. And the other way was this. Surround the city and stay in there and let the people starve to death inside in the city. Now that was not God's method either. But God has a method. And this method is so important. Now there was a preparation for this taking the city of Jericho. And we read in Joshua chapter 5 from 2 to 3. There was a circumcision. There are some preparations to be done that God can move through us. And we read there in Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 to 3. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make for yourself flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel a second time. A second time refers to Israel and the sons of Israel have been circumcised, most of them, at their birth in Egypt. But during the walking through the wilderness, many were not circumcised. You only can be circumcised once. What is being cut off, you can't cut off a second time. So it means here, actually, it means a dedication to the Lord. And as Joshua did so, Joshua made himself flint stones and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeah Haros right, a second time. Now, circumcision was not only an outside appearance, outside thing happened. It has a spiritual importance. And that was this to roll away the reproach of Egypt. And that means if you have been born again and believe in Jesus, your old life has to be rolled away. That's what actually Gilgal means. The reproach of Israel has been rolled away. And important, and Israel also observed the Passover, as we read in Joshua chapter 5, the verse 9 to 11. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of that place was called Gilgal to this day. While the sons of Israel encamped at Gilgal, that they observed the Passover on the evening, the 14th day of the month, on the day for, uh, in the desert plain of Jericho. Circumcision is important, get rid of things that still come from our old life. And that is important. I remember when we were in Ostfriesland, that is close to Holland, anybody who has been in, in Germany knows a little bit the, the European situation. We lived for 13 years in Ostfriesland, 
next to Holland, and sometimes I was able to understand a little bit of Dutch, and I have forgotten a lot. But there was in our church a young couple. He, a young man, he loved the Lord, and he married an, an Indonesian lady in Holland. You can find a lot of Indonesian because Indonesia was a former colony of Holland. And so he married her and they had a baby that can happen. I experienced that. If you're married, you can have babies. That's uh, a normal thing. Now, and they had some problem with this baby. The baby couldn't sleep at night. And uh, the whole night it was crying and so on. And I know the mother of the husband, of the young husband, she was a prayer warrior. Hallelujah. Good for every man who has got a praying mother in law. Can I hear an amen from all the married men? Good for all the married men who have a praying mother-in-law. Love her. And they came together and prayed. And the Lord revealed in prayer. I tell you what, if you come to the Lord and pray, the Lord can reveal. And all of a sudden, the Lord revealed to her, in that baby's bedroom, there was a doll. And the Lord showed her, this is a voodoo doll. Out with it. Out with it. And they threw it out. You know the voodoo things, you know? Voodoo doll. Out with it. And from that day on, that baby slept like a baby. Praise the Lord. And I tell you what, things from our old life have to be rolled away or even chucked away. I don't know. But one thing is important. That's what it actually means. The reproach from Egypt must be taken out. Is your old life still in contact with you in any way or form? By any things you treasure from before you came to the Lord Jesus? Chuck it out. When I was a young pastor, I was often invited for Youth camp as a youth camp speaker and preacher. I don't like the word speaker. I like the word preacher better. And so I preached there to the young people. And one day after a sermon, a young man came to me. And he said something interesting. If I listened to some so-called rock music. I listen rock music. Can Christian listen to rock music? And when I listen to that kind of music, then I'm driven to places of homosexuals. And he said, I want to be free of it. So that I've got a wonderful, wonderful deliverance method. Take all your records. In those days, they didn't have the things as we have. They had these records, you know, the black, black discs, you know. And I said, get them all together and get a motic. Now, when you want to know what a motic is, our dear brother here knows what it is. 
Amotic is a hammer. And that's what I call the hammer deliverance. Take all your records and smash them. That the things of your old life are no longer in your life. And that's what happened here. If you have to fight something, then I tell you, make clear that everything reproached from Egypt may it be music of whatever it might be. Chuck it out. Smash it. And then you will have deliverance. Amen? Then we have deliverance. How wonderful the Lord is. It's important to do what Joshua did. And we read in Joshua, yes, Joshua said this, or the Bible says in, in Joshua 5, 15, at the end of the verse, and Joshua did so. Do you do what the Spirit of God is telling you with all your artifacts from your former life? Do you do that? It could be perhaps some might be suffering from pornography. Chuck it out. And if you think like, you know, this here, you can get on these things, I don't have to. You can get these things, all the pornography and stuff there. Chuck it and smash it with a motek. That means smash it with a hammer. Doesn't matter how much and how expensive it was. It has to be damaged and you have to get rid of the reproach from Egypt. There was a preparation very, very clear. And Joshua did everything. And I tell you, the Spirit of God was upon them. Now I have to come actually to the real conquering of Jericho. There was a certain march order. God is very precise. God doesn't look through the fingers. You know what I mean? You can't say, oh, yeah, yeah. no, no. If God points the finger in your life to get rid of this and that, get rid in the name of Jesus. Otherwise, you will never ever have any victory. And that's the circumcision everybody must undergo, even women. Whatever it might be, I don't know. And that was important here to Israel. God is a holy God. And thank you very much, Pastor Gary. What you said about communion, we must treasure. It was the Lamb of God who shed his blood for our sins. If you do not treasure what Jesus has done, you are not worse to be saved at all then. But God loves you. That's why he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, that means shall not go to hell, but have eternal life. Hallelujah! Anybody here who could stand up and say, Hallelujah! 
Is there anybody here? Pastor Gary, you should be the first. Yeah. You're on my side, aren't you? Yes. Hallelujah. See? That's the way. That's the way. Hallelujah. Everybody who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb has a song. He can rejoice. I had once an old, older preacher. He was a guest speaker in our church years and years ago when I was a young pastor. Do you believe that I was once young too? Perhaps 23 or so. And he wanted to give me a tip. So we had it in the church after communion. We were praising the Lord, not singly, one there, one there, and then five, ten minutes, nothing. And then one over there, or one over there, no. I tell you what, a real church full of the Holy Spirit. They are praising the Lord in one accord and worshiping him. Hallelujah. And that was after communion. We just said it. And he came at the end to me and said, what? Tip to my shoulder. Has to be a little bit more quiet. A little bit quiet. I tell you what, when Jesus washed my sins away, I was free. I was free. Hallelujah. And I'm free today. And this morning I'm rejoicing in the Lord my God. Hallelujah. Peter, what do you say? I agree. Hallelujah. Now we see here the marching order. It doesn't go according to what we think. In the kingdom of God, nothing goes according to what we think. I thought. There were two disciples going away after Easter from Jerusalem, and they said, we thought. You know these two guys? Yes? We thought he would come and redeem Israel, but now over all the time, it's the third day Jesus is dead. And Jesus said, what about they asked him, are you the only one amongst the strangers who doesn't know what has happened? And Jesus, what, what, what do you mean? What about what? And Jesus explained, you know they were talking about him, but they were sad. They had no joy. They were sad. Sad, sad Christians. Poor Christians, if you're sad, because you can't rejoice in God my Savior. Hallelujah. And I always say it in the church, there is no fun. There is no fun. If you want to have fun, go to a fun park, Luna Park. You can have fun. But if you want to have joy in the Holy Ghost, is this really pronounced, Pastor Gary? Joy in the Holy Ghost? So what was the Pentecostal? What I said, yes. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Then you know your sins have been washed away. And you can say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Hallelujah. And we were rejoicing after communion. Of course, we remember what Jesus did for us. But we were rejoicing in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's what is in the church. Because the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace 
and joy in the what? Oh, yes. It's in the Bible, Peter. It's in the Bible. And Holy Spirit, joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Of course, we have sometimes sad times as well. Not everything goes smooth in our life. We had a young lady in the church close to Holland where I was preaching for 13 years in Ostfriesland. And uh, she was always a little bit, uh, what should I say, uneasy. When I came to church on Sunday morning, so and I greeted the church and I thought the church comes together to rejoice in the Lord. I welcomed them with all the joy I had. And she was always. There is something wrong if you can't rejoice in the kingdom of God. There is joy, joy in the house of the Lord. There's an old chorus. Anybody knows this chorus? There is joy, joy, joy in the house of the Lord. Singing hallelujah, man. There is joy, joy, joy in the house of the Lord. Singing hallelujah, man. Yes, that's the joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know, the Lord can give you this joy. He will take away all your sins, all that bothers you. And he will clean you and make you new, a new person in Jesus Christ. Now in Joshua chapter 6, the verses 1 to 6, there is the marching order. In God's kingdom, everything goes according God's order. Not what we call order, but what God calls order. And now we will find out what's happened there. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel and no one went out and no one came in. So because of what? The Israelites, they didn't know that the guys inside in the city, in the city were scared. They didn't know that. But later on they experienced it. And we see here very clear, as said here, because of the king of, because of Israel, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, and with his kings and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. Then shall you go, then shall do so for six days. Also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. Then on the seventh, on the seventh day, you shall make, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come. It shall be this when the priests make a long blast of the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout. Now what should they shout? 
Yippee! What should they shout? One shout, yes. What, what should they shout? And I was, I was thinking, there was nothing of this yippee or all that garbage, you know. As people sometimes say, you know, if somebody has birthday, then they say afterwards, our words are always, always are strong against it because people don't know what it actually means. Hip, hip, hooray. Have you heard this? Don't do it anymore. You know what it means? Down with Israel. These are shorts, abbreviations of the Latin word or sentence. Down with Israel or Israel has been shattered. No, no, they didn't sing this. What were they saying and calling what were they supposed to do? Praise the Lord, yes. And I must say, I found a wonderful psalm. And I want you to do with me together this biblical psalm. Psalm 137. I interpret it that what they would have said or would have shouted. Have you got it here on the overhead? Yes. Oh, I have to go into my Bible and read it here. Psalm 137. 36. It's the verses 10 to 15. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn. And then there's a sentence. Can, I, can we have it on the overhead? Yes. And then there's a sentence, and I want you to repeat the sentence. For his mercy endures forever. That was where perhaps I could imagine, because here the whole history of Israel, when Israel was delivered from Egypt. Verse 10, and you always repeat, for his loving kindness is enduring, or what does it say? For his mercy endures forever. Yes, can we exercise that? Okay, I'm going to... Go now. To him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn church. Loud, 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 loud. For his endures forever. So, and the next one. And brought Israel out from their midst for, for his mercy endures forever. Imagine that what they hear on the walls, the people from Jericho. They're singing about the mercy of God. Yes, yes. But you wait for it's going to come. And then the next verse. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, his mercy endures forever. To him, who divided the Red Sea asunder for his... Louder, louder, louder. 
Joshua said he should make a loud shout. They didn't whisper it in their beard. No, they were shouting. That was the, the order of taking the city. And made Israel pass through the midst of it for ever. Hallelujah. For his mercy endures forever. Isn't it wonderful? But I have to finish it. And made Israel pass through the midst of it for his But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea for for his mercy endures forever. There was nothing. Hip, hip, hooray. Forget that garbage. When I'm somewhere in a birthday party from my brothers and sisters, or maybe perhaps one day I might come to yours, don't say hip, hip, hooray. That means down with Israel. Do you want Israel down? No. Rather sing this and say, for his mercy endures how long? Forever. Hallelujah. And that's, now these people on the walls of Jericho, they thought, well, what mercy is there? Yeah, you're going to get this mercy. You will see the mercy of God. And it did so 13 times altogether, yes? Six days, seven times, and then on the seventh day, seven times. Six and seven are 13. So, and then we read that this city was falling down. Now, the victory cry is praising the goodness of God. God is good. Now, if there is an army coming towards you and they would sing, God is good and his mercy endures forever, would you be scared of it? No. But, so I can't repeat it, but, you know, the, the, the Americans, when they have to exercise, you know, they march in and say some words and so on, you know, up and down. No, I don't know what they say there. But that's, that's not, they didn't say this. They were praising the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Any obstacle for the Lord can and will be taken if we praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And when I looked into it and studied a little bit, I found another man in the Bible. And this man was also using the hammer deliverance method. Do you remember anyone in the Bible who used the hammer or motic deliverance method? Do you know anyone? Gideon. Gideon. But he knew exactly what has to be smashed down before. In Judges chapter 6, verse 23 to 27. I think we can read it there. Verse 5. And on the same night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, and second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal. 
which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold um, in orderly manner. And take a second bull in, in order a burnt offering, and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah, which, which you shall cut down. Gideon took the man in his servants or an, and his servants and did as the Lord had spoken to him. And because he was too afraid of his father's household and the man of the city to do it by day, he did it by night. So he took his mosque, his hammer, and smashed everything. Hallelujah. Is there anything to be smashed in your life? Life the Holy Spirit might show you. Is there anything to be smashed down in your life? And we see here, they were marching around the city. And if we look further on, now what was and how was it working actually, the real conquest of Jericho. The marching order was given. And now I ask the question, who were the first inside in the city of Jericho? Anybody knows that? Who were the first in there? Have you ever heard about the spies? There were spies. These were before the city. And they were in the house of the harlot Rahab. And she explained everything to them because she knew what is going on here in the place of Jericho what God has done before, before, before. She was well informed. She didn't have a Bible then, but she came into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God can use anyone, even a harlot, because she acknowledged God is with Israel. And we can't play around and fool around with Israel. There is a God, a God who is mighty. Not only mighty, but he is strong. And his mercy endured for how long? Forever, ever, ever, ever. Hallelujah. She knew this. But Israel had to obey. And it did what the Lord said. Now there were seven priests who had seven trumpets. Not everyone had to blow the trumpet. If you're not called to blow the trumpet, be quiet. If you're not being called to blow the trumpet, be quiet. But all the other people had to be quiet. Don't start a conversation with the people up there and tell them, oh, we are going to come and take the city 
tomorrow. No. Quiet. Be quiet. If you haven't got a call, God has called you to be quiet unless you pray and praise the Lord. Everybody is allowed in this church to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen? Pastor Gary, do you agree with me? That everybody is allowed to praise the Lord? You can hear it from a pastor here. And I agree with you. Open your mouth and let God fill him. Fill your mouth with praise unto him. Now only seven priests had a trumpet. And what's important, and the Bible speaks very clearly also, and we have got in Ephesians chapter 4, the verses 4 to 12, what God did. Now listen. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the body, to build up the body of Christ. If you have no call from God, be silent. Worship the Lord. Be silent. If you reckon you have got a call to be a pastor, let the Lord show it to you and others as well. There's no point in saying, well, here, I'm a pastor. From, new on, from now on, you have to listen to what I say. Forget about. Forget about. God chooses people. Not everybody got a trumpet. Only seven priests. Seven priests. If God hasn't called you to any of these five ministries, be quiet. Be quiet. They should, the, all the others shouldn't talk and do anything. Only the priests were allowed to blow the trumpet to a certain time. I don't know. Mo, uh, Joshua didn't say, okay, at the count of three, one, two, three, blah, and then they blow the horn. No. Somehow, I know it's not being said here. It could be that a priest had to be in tune with the Holy Spirit at the right time to blow the trumpet. And when everybody heard the trumpet, what should they say? For his mercy, what? Endures forever. The Lord has done it with Pharaoh and with all the other kings, with the Amorites and all those who were in the way of Israel for his mercy endures forever. Isn't it wonderful? And something happened. The walls fell down. Let the word holy not become to anyone a dirty word. It's a highly, highly 
respected word from God. You shall be holy because I am holy. Because God is holy. What does God expect from you? Lots of unholiness? No. That you shall be holy too. And Peter said it very clearly in 1 Peter 1, 12 to 16. But like the Holy One called you, be holy yourself also in all behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for what? For what? For I am holy. Do you know we are dealing with a holy God? Do you know you are dealing with a holy God? How then could the word holy become to a dirty word? Perhaps your life is dirty. I don't know. Perhaps your lifestyle is dirty. Perhaps you have to smash many things nobody knows about. Nobody knows about or you haven't told anyone. Holy. Holy is the Lord. Do you want to serve this holy God? Amen. I want to serve the holy, this holy God with all of my heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you will give us an understanding of your holiness. I bless the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.